Good evening, everybody. It's uh, good to be back with you tonight. <clears throat> we uh, appreciate uh, this opportunity to be here with you. Sorry if I'm looking in two places. I'm uh, running YouTube and Facebook tonight, <clears throat> and uh, that's why I'm jumping on a little bit late. I had to figure out some how to do this, but we got there, nevertheless. <laughs> so uh, we're going to jump back in and get on uh, uh, Romans chapter number twelve uh, tonight. So um, we we picked up uh, really the first two three verses last week, but we're probably just going to kind of start back over and, and run back through that <clears throat> uh, again. Uh, and like I say, if you're just now getting on, or if you didn't hear, I'm running two different cameras over here. So if I'm not looking at you, I don't mean to not look at you. So, <clears throat> but um, uh, Romans chapter 12, we're going to try and get through, uh, well, I don't know how much we'll try and get through, but we'll just get through it. Um, let me make sure this is working. And I believe that it is. All right. Okay. So uh, let's, uh, first things first, let's most definitely go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father. As we bow in thy presence, God, today, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for um, your marvelous grace, your wonderful works, God, which you have um, shed abroad on us. We pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, you be with us tonight, God, as we walk through the word of God. We pray, Lord, that we would uh, uh, not do an injustice, Lord, to thy holy scripture, but, Father, we would treat it carefully. We would rightly divide it, God, as your scripture and your word tells us, Father, Lord, and we would um, not read into it, but we would read out. Uh, what you would have us to, to hear and to learn tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that in and through him we uh, might have everlasting and eternal life. Father, we thank you, Lord, for thy precious word. We pray once again, Lord, that you bless thy word as we read it and open it tonight. Bless our, uh, our brothers and sisters, God, that uh, may be in revival this week. We know that there's a lot of revivals. Uh, fixing to start running. We pray, God, that, Lord, that uh, you would uh, touch them. We pray that you uh, would bless the men of God as they stand. We pray that you would empower them uh, with truth, love, and mercy. We pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that uh, we would hear the wonderful news of souls being saved and people being added unto the church. Father, just uh, watch over us, keep us, and care for us. Bless those that are sick and afflicted, those in the nursing homes and hospitals, those less fortunate. God, we pray, Lord, for our nation, our country, and our leaders. God, we need you now more than we ever have. We pray, God, that, Lord, you prepare our hearts and our minds, God, that we'd be faithful stewards and servants, and, God, that we would uh, follow, God, as you give us instruction and as you lead. Watch over us tonight, and certainly we'll thank you and praise you for what, we, for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> as we get back into this tonight, like I said, we'll be in Romans chapter number 12. I'm going to read down. Uh, I may just... I don't know. We're just going to read and see what the Lord wants done tonight. <clears throat> it says in chapter number 12, verse number 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, <clears throat> acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be ye not, uh, not conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may, be, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say... Uh, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. 
For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members uh, one of another. Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, <clears throat> or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with a diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Uh, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kind, affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, spirit serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing uh, to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high, uh, mind not high things, but uh, <clears throat> condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to, to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he, if, if he thirst, give him drink, for in doing so thou shalt uh, heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And like I said, if that's correctly reading, that's uh, reading... Uh, uh, 21 verses out of 12 chapter of the book of Romans <clears throat> and we're just going to dive back into this tonight and like I said I know last week that we kind of took and uh, we uh, did like a, a 11 chapter recap with the first two verses and those of you that's just now jumping on I apologize I'm running two different cameras uh, this one's on Facebook and this one's on YouTube so I don't know where to look or what to do but <clears throat> nevertheless um, we'll get through this but um, as we said, we, we kind of took the first couple, three verses, and we went through uh, the text and how it, uh, uh, how we worked through the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans, uh, which uh, we kind of get into the Romans chapter 12 and 13 and, and following, and we kind of get into the practical aspect of all the theology that Paul has unpacked uh, and, and taught and preached as he worked his way through here. <clears throat> but when we get to this right here, we get to, uh, and I, I spent a lot of time going back, going back over things I had said previously. And like I said, this study's taken us probably um, three or four months, but, uh, and we're not done yet. <clears throat> but now as we get through this right here, I just want to focus really uh, on specifically what these first couple verses are saying because I spent a lot of time last week explaining uh, how they are applicable to the other previous chapters but he says right here as we pick up in, in chapter 12 verse number one he said i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service and i'll say this just an out start uh there's a lot of people uh it's easy to be a dead sacrifice uh it's easy to be a, a martyr uh it's a one-time event um <clears throat> a lot of times it doesn't last long uh, it, it doesn't uh, often uh, involve a, uh, a lot of trial, trouble, or tribulation. Uh, it's immediate and it's over. 
but giving yourself uh, to live for Christ. This is what Paul is admonishing as we get into the text right here. Paul is wanting us not only just to be a dead sacrifice or a one-time sacrifice or a one-time offering, but Paul is admonishing us to be a living sacrifice, that we should wholly surrender and submit, uh, as we sing that old hymn, I Surrender All. Uh, but to be a living sacrifice unto the Father I would be, uh, uh, listen, that, that is much more stringent. It is much more pertinent as we look uh, at the text. And we see all the struggles that Paul went through in his life. Uh, and we know that, it. Uh, listen, if we read and we believe history, and I believe that we should, uh, as we lean on it, uh, and we understand Paul's life, and we understand all uh, his ailments that uh, at the end of his day uh, were applicable to him. He was blind. Uh, because he'd been beaten, uh, listen, he, he was maimed, uh, his, uh, his fingers, his faculties were taken from him. Uh, uh, like I said, he was blind. Uh, history would even uh, have us or lead us to believe that uh, he couldn't even write for himself, and uh, he had somebody write for him. And, and, and we see all these things, and Paul is, an, is admonishing uh, the church at Rome uh, and not only the church at Rome, but he's, he's admonishing all the people of God, all those that would follow faithfully to offer themselves as a living sacrifice to go, uh, to go far beyond anything that we can uh, ever really ask, think, or imagine when we try and perceive this in our own minds. And I think about, uh, and I've preached about this numerous times, uh, when we see in the book of Timothy, when we see when Paul, when he reached out to his son, Timothy, uh, his son in the gospel, uh, listen, and he told him, he said, uh, Timothy, he said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering. Uh, for the scripture tells us, he said, for, he said listen, there's coming uh, many behind me and, and many in your day and especially in our day and time in which we live. Uh, there's coming a, a sect and a, and a particular set of people. Uh, listen, they're just as a tinkling cymbal and they're as sounding brass. They, uh, they, they don't want to preach the word of God. They're not willing to pay are not willing to pay what it will cost them to preach the gospel in all of its fervency, all of its power, and all of its truth. And friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. There is an exchange that has to be made. Friends, listen, we can, we can preach to the masses. We can preach to those. Listen, and I believe this. I believe that if we, if we, if we preach in truth and in honesty and sincerity and integrity, I believe the word of God will accomplish. I believe what the, the Isaiah said when he said that his word would not, would not return unto him void, but it accomplished whereunto he is sent it. And I believe those things tonight. I, I, I also understand that it comes at a great cost. There are things that in our lives that, 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 that cost us more than we can ever imagine. And friends, listen, we need to be willing to pay that price uh, for the fervency and the expediency of the gospel. Because friends, today, listen, hey, the Bible tells us this in the book of 1 Corinthians. It said, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them which are lost. So uh, therefore, the Bible tells us also 
Where much is given, much is also required. So friends, listen, when God sends a calling, which the Bible also says that his callings are without repentance. So friends, there is an intentionality in which God commands, uh, listen, all of his men everywhere of, uh, across the entirety of the face of the earth. Listen, he intends for them, when he lays his hand upon them, he intends for them to be willing to pay the sacrifice, to lay down the things of this world, to lay down the pleasures of this life, to lay down all the things that come with it, to lay down the friends and all those things, to surrender all things, to make sure that the gospel is preached in power and in purity. And I believe that if the gospel is preached in power and in purity, we can read back here, and this is one of my favorite texts, and I, listen, the Bible tells us this, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, and I say that every week. But thank God, I, I, the word of God is precious. Amen. Uh, listen, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a wonderful promise, first and foremost. Verse number 14 of chapter 10, the Bible said, How then uh, shall they call on, uh, on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall he preach except to be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel, a gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed thy report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So friends, listen. The Bible tells us this in the first chapter of the book of uh, Revelation as well. It says that he has made us all kings and priests unto God. So I'm not isolating this down uh, to just preachers. This is, uh, this, uh, this is uh, an emphatic gospel call that resonates to the entirety of the church. Friends, listen, he calls us all to be kings and priests unto God. He, he, he calls us all to be a living sacrifice. He, he, he expects holiness out of this. The Bible tells us, as he said, be holy, for I am holy. God requires things out of us, as we have said, uh, where much is given, much is also required. God requires service. God requires obedience. God requires expedience. God requires us, uh, listen, to be willing to lay down things Friends, listen, a lot of the preachers that may listen or are listening will understand when I say this, and the, especially the preachers' families, and I'm not excluded into this, but listen, this is something that I know personally a lot about. Uh, friends, there's been a lot of times when I've been in revival or whatever's going on, somebody's been in the hospital, somebody's sick, just a regular church service, whatever uh, the application may be. But friends, listen, there comes a cost when you have to leave your family and you have to go do the work of the Lord. Friends, listen, now I believe this. I believe the text never teaches us that we should trade in our families and listen, at the expense of all other things. Now listen, the Bible teaches us that we should do things in moderation. Listen, and I understand and I believe that. And I believe that, the, that God will lead us and provide for us exactly what we need in the times and the hours in which we need them. But now listen, I'm going to get past this or we'll never get... Uh, anywhere. We ought to be in 15 minutes and ain't said nothing. So he said, I beseech you, uh, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now listen, uh, the Bible didn't tell us that this was something that uh, that is unexpected of us. It didn't tell us that it is something that, uh, friends, that we are not capable of doing. Amen. Uh, friends, listen, the Bible always presents options and, and, and things to us in which we do possess the ability to actually go do. 
Uh, friends, listen, that's why the Bible tells us, and he longs for us to be saved. Why does he do that? Because it is applicable to us. Because we have the ability to be saved through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. When the gospel comes, conviction is finished. We surrender all things. Uh, friends, we have those abilities. We are not morally incapable of believing, which is what the scripture tells us. Friends, listen, it doesn't tell us that we have to do anything else other than hear the gospel and believe it. Friends, listen, we make so we make so many things so uh, we 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 contort them so bad. Uh, listen, and we take them so far out of context, especially about what the Word of God says. The Word of God tells us that we should be saved. And listen, it says, after you're saved, present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. Friends, listen, he tells us, listen, this is not something that's, that is exuberant, something that you cannot do. He said, this is reasonable. He said, this is something that you have the ability to do. That something He said, I, this is something that I have empowered you to do. I, listen, and after we're saved, after we believed, I, the Bible tells us that then we are indwelt, we are sealed. I, the embodiment then of the Holy Spirit transpires, and we are sealed, what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of your inheritance until the purchase of the prized possession, is what the Bible tells us in Ephesians 1, verse number 13. So friends, listen, what, now after we possess this embodiment of the Holy Ghost, now we have the indwelling of the third person of the Godhead, and not only this, listen, we are a new creature, we are a new creation. We'll not get into that tonight. Uh, but friends, listen, when we see this newness enacted and performed in our lives, then the Bible tells us now we should surrender ourselves, be a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable unto God. And he said, now this is your reasonable service. Now listen, verse number two, I love this, and we're going to move on. It says, and be not conformed to this world. So friends, listen, there is a confirmation, or we can conform ourselves. I, I used to call this years ago, I preached the message about a chameleon Christian. And friends, listen, if you ever studied a chameleon, they can adapt to their surrounding and circumstances. Whatever uh, whatever uh, the position that they are postured with, they can conform to their surrounding and circumstances. And friends, listen, I'm going to tell you something. According to the Word of God, if you can walk through this world, if you can walk through this life and blend in and not be a separate people, be a distinct people uh, and be separated from the Word of people cannot tell that you are saved by the grace of God. That is the definition of conformity. And friends, listen, as we look into this world, we see the political uh, escalation that's, that's transpiring and taking place. Friends, listen, you need not doubt one thing. Friends, listen, everything that is going on around us is about our freedom, is about our constitution. Uh, they want to strip it. They want to take it away. They want to contort it, and they'll use any means necessary that they have to do so. And friends, listen, when we see these things begin to slip and, and, and falter and fall away, friends, listen, what is this the presence of? This is the presence of sin. Uh, friends, listen, we need not think, uh, listen, uh, Debo Swinney, the head coach at uh, Clemson, he said this, he said, friends, listen, uh, we don't have a race problem, we have a sin problem. And friends, listen, that's exactly what the problem is, friends, we have a problem with sin. All have fallen and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Friends, listen, you need not doubt, and, and listen, you need to understand within your, uh, uh, within your uh, uh, intellect and your 
mind, friends, listen, that we are sinners separated from God. But thankfully, friends, listen, now I want to say this. I didn't say that we were uh, totally incapacitated from God, but we are totally separate from God because of our sin. We have to have reconciliation for our sin. How do we achieve reconciliation for our sin? We achieve reconciliation through the ransom, and the ransom was paid through the Savior, which is Jesus. Now, he says, be not conformed to this world. Now, listen, we've got to be a separate people. I, listen, I believe this today, friends. Listen, it, will, there, it comes at a great cost. There's no doubt about it, friends. Listen, it comes at a great cost. But, friends, listen, is it a cost that you're willing to pay? Are you willing to go all the way? Are you willing to surrender to sacrifice? Are you willing to do the things that Christ has commanded us to do? Uh, friends, listen, that is a great God, command in the gospel commission that he gives us. He said, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. This is the gospel cry. This is the confirmation. that he, Listen, he doesn't want us to conform to the world. He wants us to conform to his world. Be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed. Now, I want to talk about this word for here just a few minutes. So listen, I can probably talk about this for 20 minutes, but I'm not going to. Now, listen, be not conformed to this world. Be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Metamorpho. Uh, is the Greek word that we hear, that we see here. So to be morphed is to change form. So friends, listen. So the Bible says right here to be transformed. The only time that we see this verb uh, in the text used, we see it in the Gospels in a couple places. Uh, in Matthew chapter 17, I believe it is, where uh, you'll find where Jesus ascended up and he went on the Mount of Transfiguration and he transfigured himself. He metamorphosized himself. He transformed himself. And this is what the beg, the cry, and the plea from the Word of God is, is for the redeemed and the ransom of God is listening. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed or rather be therefore metamorphosized. Friends, listen, uh, and, and the, the, the comparison that we often draw from this, we all know about the caterpillar. The caterpillar, he goes into... Uh, listen, he's a single segmented worm and he goes into the chrysalis. Uh, listen, and when he goes into the chrysalis, there is a transformation that takes place. Uh, listen, uh, and friends, listen, when we understand the word metamorphosis, this is what the scripture is commanding us. Friends, listen, I I'm not telling you something that's not in the word of God. This is what Paul has told us and this is what Christ commands. He said, be transformed, be therefore metamorphosized. What does that mean? So friends, listen, so uh, this uh, caterpillar, when he enters into the chrysalis and he enters into the chrysalis, there's a, a bond that is formed around this caterpillar. This caterpillar liquefies entirely. There is no solid left. He liquefies himself uh, and he physically transforms and restructures himself into a three-segmented butterfly. And listen, he emerges from the chrysalis. Uh, listen, he went in. Uh, listen, when the caterpillar goes in, he is a detractor. He is a destroyer. They tear things all to pieces. They destroy vegetation. They do all kinds of things. But friends, listen, when they emerge from the chrysalis, transformed into an entirely different being. Uh, listen, when they emerge in this, uh, 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 this new creature is formed, you have a butterfly. It doesn't even do the same things as a caterpillar. Friends, listen, where a caterpillar destroys, the butterfly pollinates. Uh, friends, listen, you see the stark contrast, and this is what is drawn in the Word of God. He said, be transformed, be metamorphosized, be changed, be different. 
That's the plea from the Word of God. Friends, listen, and i tell you something. Listen, uh, we talked about this last week when we talk about the three tenses of salvation. I have been saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. We have the process of justification, sanctification, and ultimately glorification. So in this process of sanctification, uh, we should not be pursuing conformity, but we should be pursuing separation. Uh, friends, listen, and that separation is not from Christ, but that separation is from the world. It should be an attraction to Christ. Friends, listen, and the, fur, and the closer that we get to the Lord Jesus Christ, the greater the transformation should be in our lives. We should be changed. We should be, listen, we, I, I, hey, I'm glad, friends, listen, that I am not leaving this world what I came into this world. Hey, man, I'm glad that I've been completely transformed, metamorphosized, uh, that I have been touched, changed. Uh, uh, listen, justification has been enacted in my life, and because of justification. I am working, uh, listen, I'm working together with the embodiment of the Holy Ghost, which has come to convict and reveal sin in our lives. Uh, friends, listen, and it comes to this point of conformity. It draws and pulls us away from the world and it pushes us closer and closer to Christ. Well, I'm thankful, friends, listen, that we have a transformation that we can have, and uh, listen, the, through the embodiment of Christ, we can go through this, this state of metamorphosis. We can be different. We can be changed. What a wonderful verse. Amen. Be not conformed to this word. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We talked about this last week. Uh, let not, uh, he said, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So, friends, listen, we see this. Uh, listen, we need to understand that uh, when this transformation uh, takes place and we talk about uh, we talk about the change that transpires uh, at the moment in the point of salvation. We talk about being a new creature. Uh, listen, in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, he said, Therefore, old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So, friends, listen, we get to this point right here where we see through the process of sanctification, there's a transformation and a metamorphosis that takes place as we displace this man, as we displace the conformity of the world, and therefore we adapt and we yearn and long uh, for the transformation that shall come uh, from our Savior on high. Uh, friends, listen, as, as we press through, that's why Paul said this, he said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God which is in Christ Jesus. That's what he's talking about. That word press is the Greek word, and we see this uh, uh, we see this uh, when we uh, uh, redefine it in the English, we see that that word, uh, listen, is to be pressed or to be squeezed. So friends, listen, when we see these things, so the Bible tells us, he said, therefore all, uh, all things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. So now, friends, listen, we go through this transforming process and this metamorphosis, uh, metamorphosis that transpires and this is commanded of us and this is a process that we should surrender ourselves to because we should be a living sacrifice and it is our reasonable service. Now, can you be? Can we be uh, rejectors of the Holy Spirit of God? Absolutely, yes, you can. Amen, uh, friends. Listen, yes, you can. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something, friends. Listen, Christ. It, it, 
Christ is not coercive, nor his Holy Spirit is it coercive. Uh, friends, listen, if you choose to live in the world, you will pay the penance of this world, but you certainly have the freedom to do so. Uh, friends, listen to me, but I'm going to tell you something, friends. There is, there is a lot... Uh, there's a lot that you will have to pay for in this physical. But listen, when we go to heaven, friends, listen, I'm not carrying my sin with me. Listen, I'm surrendering all things down here, this side of heaven. And listen, hey, the Bible tells us this, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. I believe it's verse number 50. He said, this know also, brethren, that flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Amen. So friends, listen to me. If we have that promise, I'm going to tell you something. And I've said this numerous, numerous times as we preach and we've taught over the years. Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. I want to encourage you to do this. Now listen, I'm not saying that you have to adapt the same mentality that I do. Friends, listen. I believe a saved person, uh, saved person uh, should have it. Amen. Uh, friends, listen, but I want to say this, friends, listen, when it comes my time to step out of this side into the next side, and friends, listen, when you surrender all things over here, listen, the Bible tells me, uh, as we read on in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, uh, for this corruptible must, put, must have put on incorruption, this mortal must have put on immortality, so then shall be brought to pass the saying which is written, death is swallowed up in victory, O death, where is thy sting, O grave, where is our victory, but thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through our Savior Jesus Christ. Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. The only way that I can get to uh, listen to where I'm preaching about is to go through that door and cross that river we call Jordan, which is symbolic of death. Friends, listen to me. We can't, listen, I can't get to heaven unless I surrender this body. And listen, I have now received the spirit of this adoption. One day I will receive it in finality. And when I receive adoption in finality, that will be the resurrection of this glorified body. There'll be no more sin, no more sorrow, no more sickness. Hallelujah. There'll be no more Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's and cancer. He said, the former things are passed away and behold, I have made all things new. Amen. That is a promise of the word of God, but we've got to surrender ourselves in this life. Boy, if we want to, uh, to achieve and attain the blessings of this life, we've got to surrender. Don't conform. We've got to be transformed. We've got to be metamorphosized by the renewing of our mind. Let this mind be new, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. Uh, friends, listen, pressed and squeezed. Listen, it is a process. Sanctification is a process. And as we go through this process of sanctification, friends, listen, the things that once were not that sinful, uh, listen, as we grow and as we progress, and, and maybe one day we'll go through the book of Hebrews, but in the sixth chapter of the book of Hebrews, which is very controversial, and I'm not going to get into the controversial issues on it tonight, but I will say this, listen, he, he, he comes to him and he says, listen, because you have not moved on from the milk, uh, listen, there's too many people today that have been saved 30, 20, 40, 50, 60 years that have not progressed in their Christianity. They have not flourished in what God has uh, what God has uh, uh, set out for them. Why? Because they have rather they have chosen rather. You know what Moses said? I'm just reminded of this. Moses said this. He said he chose rather 
He chose rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Friends, listen, there comes a point of, of sacrifice. There comes a, a point where we're not going to conform. There comes a point where we must surrender to be transformed. Amen? And when we surrender to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, then we have the embodiment and the indwelling of Christ and we can grow and we can flourish. We can enjoy the pleasures that God has for us this side of heaven. You know what the Bible says? Amen? Well, I tell you, I appreciate the Spirit of God tonight. Listen, the Bible tells us this. He said, whatsoever is loosed on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. Whatsoever is bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Uh, friends, listen. So we see here, friends, listen, the more, the more we surrender, the more we'll get. The book of Malachi tells us that there is a storehouse of blessings which we cannot outgive. Amen? Uh, listen, he will pour on us, the Word of God says, more than we can even contain. Those are blessings. Those are not problems. Those are blessings. Amen? Wow, what a promise. Listen, verse number three. All right, been going 32 minutes and got the same two verses I did last week. Everybody can laugh. <clears throat> for I say, verse number three, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think, uh, think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. Now listen, you got to remember, uh, as we... Uh, regress a little bit, and we go back and we and we uh, understand really what the context of the book of Romans is, and what he is trying to achieve theologically in the book of Romans. What he's trying to achieve theologically in the book of Romans is to bring the Jews to the understanding: Yes, you are the vehicle, you are the mechanism, you are the elect lady in which brought us to the cross of Calvary. Yes, absolutely. You contain the promises. You have and possess the oracles of God. You were a blessed people. God, uh, God, uh, listen, God protected you and carried you all the way to here. But now listen, we get to a point right here. Uh, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, it says you cannot have a testament without the death of a testator. That's what the scripture says. So, Francis, we get to this point over here. So we see that this vehicle and this mechanism, and we called her the Lady of Israel. And she goes and she goes and she goes. And all of a sudden, in fruition and finality, we see that there is a virgin that conceived, that is conceived upon by the Holy Spirit. She uh, bears a child. Amen. Not conceived with, uh, uh, listen, with the, uh, not conceived uh, with man, but therefore sown with the Holy Spirit. We see we have the birth of our Savior. We see that we now have the second person of the Trinity, the incarnate of God, as described, which is the Emmanuel. Uh, friends, we see Jesus, and he's birthed uh, uh, through this vehicle, and we call her the elect lady. She's also known as Israel. But now, we get to this point over here where the Bible tells us Paul begins this new language. Now, I, you remember what I said in the book of Hebrews. He said you can't have a testament without the death of a testator. So, friends, listen, that's, this is why this is so vitally important in understanding this. Friends, listen. So there had to come the death of a testator. How do you establish a testament or a new covenant? You have to have the death of a testator. Who is the who is the testator? Christ Jesus. That's why Christ Jesus came. He said, I came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. 
Why did he fulfill the law? Because in fulfilling the law, therefore he satisfied the righteousness of God. And in fulfilling the law and satisfying the righteousness of, of God, it therefore gave him authority, therefore to go be the ransom redeemer. Uh, listen, not just of man, but of humanity and the world itself. Uh, listen, that he can reconcile all things back unto God is what the Bible tells us. And friends, through this process and this spirit of reconciliation, the Bible is telling us, and it finally brings us to this solemn understanding. This is what Paul is telling us. Now listen, he said, now we get to this point of Christ. Now we get to the point of Christ. Listen, and I'm not an anti-Semite, friends. Listen, I'm not going to uh, get into doctrinal issues too deeply and heavily tonight. But listen to me, I want you to understand tonight. I love my Jewish brothers. I love my black brothers, my brown brothers, my red, my white, and yellows. Amen. I love them all. You know why I love them all? You know why you should love them all? Because Christ loved them all. Because Christ died for them all. Uh, friends, listen to me. And I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen. And I'm going to tell you something. When we get into this and we start trying to play certain things and we start trying to cause dissimulation among the church and amongst God's people and amongst the society. Listen, and we use these things as excuses to tear down the, the freedoms that we enjoy in our constitution. We tear down all the, uh, the men and women that have died faithfully over these many, many years of the, since 1776. We, we enjoy the privilege of this free country where we have the freedom to preach the gospel. We have the freedom to enjoy worship. Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you, it gets next to my heart when people try and tear those things down and take those things away. But friends, listen, the commonality, friends, listen, is people try and take the Word of God and they'll try and proof text it and leverage it and they'll try and make you believe that what they're saying out of the Word of God is what the Word of God means. But friends, listen to me. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Friends, listen, I'm telling you something. Hey, I saw this a few years ago. Why? I, I, and I can't remember when it was. Probably the last presidential election, I guess it was. Uh, listen. <laughs> hey, I saw a church sign, and it said, The donkey or the elephant won't save you, but the lamb will. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, that's what I'm looking for tonight. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Listen, I, 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 hey. I'm glad that the lamb has saved me. And I'm not looking for another lamb, but I'm looking for the lion. Amen. I'm looking for the lion. Because, friends, listen, if I believe textually, according to the word of God, friends, listen to me. As we work our way through this, listen, I'm looking for Jesus to come. I'm looking for him to step out on the clouds of glory and call this thing to a consummation and the end. Friends, listen, and I tell you what, he will execute judgment upon those that have rejected his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, friends, listen, me. Hey, you know what the Bible tells us in John 14? He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For my Father's house are many mansions. For we're not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place. And if I go to prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am there, you may be also. And I'm going to say, stop right there and say this. Amen. He wasn't talking about going and finishing the sheetrock and painting heaven. Amen. Friends, he was talking about going to the cross of Calvary. He said, I got to go to Golgotha. I got to go to the cross. I've got to go surrender and 
sacrifice and lay down all things. Uh, friends, says, hey, he said, I've got to go buy back what was lost uh, in the garden. Friends, listen, and when he bought it back on the cross of Calvary, uh, friends, listen to me. Hey, the Bible tells us the next time he showed in Revelation chapter 1, when John was on the Isle of Patmos, the scripture said that John fell. And his feet is dead. The Bible tells us, and when he fell at his feet is dead, the scripture said he laid his right hand upon me. He said, weep not. Or listen, he said, fear not, John. Listen, he said, for I am the first and the last. Listen, listen, he said, I am he who was alive or dead and I'm alive. And he said, I am alive forevermore and have possessed the keys of hell and death. Friends, listen to me. Do you understand that we have a Savior who has conquered, ransomed, redeemed all things? Amen. And because of that ransom redeemer that we have in our uh, incarnate Son of God, the embodiment, the Emmanuel through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, friends, listen. We can have perfect serenity and surrender. Amen. I don't have nothing to do with verse number three, but amen, it felt good saying it. Listen. Now we get into this. and I said all that to say this. Paul is drawn to the conclusion here. Uh, listen, he says, that's the lady Israel. She's come. The Testament, uh, listen, the, the covenant has been fulfilled. Amen. Why has it been fulfilled? He said, because he said, I cannot destroy the law, but to fulfill it. When it fulfilled the law, therefore it entitled him through the mercies and through the grace of God, uh, therefore to reestablish a new covenant. When he has reestablished a new covenant, he said, now this is my will. Amen. Uh, friends, listen, he said, it's no longer the laws contained in the carnal command and all these things and all the stipulations but he said in Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 8 he said for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves but it is the gift of God I've said this on numerous occasions as well we're not saved by our works because the next verse tells us that amen not by our works which we have done but according to his righteousness Titus 3 and 5 amen the Bible tells us we are not saved according to our own works our own righteousness but according to his righteousness and his merits and his goodness Amen. We're not saved by our work, but you are most, you hear me plainly. You hear me clearly. We are not saved by our work, but we are most definitely saved by his work. Amen. Well, I'm telling you, I'm glad that there was a work done on the cross of Calvary that I could not do. There was a work and the surrender done on the cross of Calvary, which I don't have privilege nor access to. But friends, listen, I'm glad that we have the perfect incarnate Son of God who clothed and took upon Him and robed Himself with flesh. He went willingly to the cross of Calvary. He willingly surrendered Himself. He willingly laid His life down. No man took it. He surrendered it. Not only did he surrender it. Hey man, not only did he surrender it. Hey friends, listen to me. When the offering and the sacrificial offering had been made, all the ransom redeeming grace and glory in the angels as we read about in Psalms chapter 24 when the Bible says, who is this king of glory? Listen, he said, open wide the gates and the king of glory shall come in. Friends, listen, I'm glad when he walked into the glories of heaven and surrendered all things. Not only did he lay his life down, but he took it back up again, rose victorious on the third day over death, 
hell and the grave. And Paul said, as we get to this, he said, now listen, not all Israel is of Israel. What was his implication of that? Well, his implication of that was because there is a New Testament, because there is a death of a testator. And the death of the testator is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ because he satisfied God's law. And in satisfaction of God's law, according to Isaiah 53, the scripture said he bruised his son and was satisfied. That's what the Bible said. Friends, in reaching and accomplishing that satisfaction, therefore he established a new covenant, a new way. Amen. As we got to just a few minutes ago when John 14, when the Bible says, listen, hey, uh, we got to the place where Jesus was going to prepare a new place, and I told you that that was Calvary. Uh, listen, Dad and Thomas spoke up, and he said, Lord, we know not we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? He said in the sixth verse, Jesus said these words. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father, lest he come by me. Friends, listen, I, I'm glad, friends, listen, in the, in the establishment of the testator, in the establishment of this new covenant, I, listen, this covenant of grace that we have and we enjoy this privilege today. This is what Paul is marching up to. And he says, listen, because of this day of grace, he said, those that believe are all of Israel. Amen. I'm glad that we're in this, uh, uh, this, uh, this place and this stage where we can understand. You know, the Bible tells us it's plain. It's clear. It's not what I think about. It's not my interpretation. It's just what the Bible says. Amen. I listen, the, the scripture tells us in Ephesians 2, he said, he hath broken down and tore down the middle wall of partition. He said, there's no more Jew nor Gentile nor barbarian nor Greek. He said, we are all one. Amen. He has made us all one in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, listen, and I'm glad that we can, the Bible reiterates in Ephesians chapter one, listen, if we are in him, then we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we are in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we are the elect Israel of God. Friends, listen, we have a home in heaven prepared of us by the son, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Friends, listen, I'm looking forward. The Bible tells us that there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Friends, listen, and we'll uh, listen will inhabit it and we will obtain it. Uh, friends, what will it be? I don't know. The Bible tells us this. We know not what we shall be, but we know that when we shall see him, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Amen. That's satisfactory enough to me. I'll never forget Miss Annie Ruth. Uh, Stowers, Mandy's grandmother one time. We were having a big Bible study. There's probably 20 preachers sitting there we were all uh, trying to articulate what we thought heaven would be, what it wouldn't be. What? Listen, I'll never forget. She spoke up and she said, I can tell you one thing. I, I don't know what it will be, but there'll be not one disappointment there. Amen. Boy, I'm thankful, friends, listen, that I'm going to have the privilege to be where Jesus is. Do I love to think about it? Absolutely. Do I love to think about what will be there, what we'll do? What, uh, listen, absolutely, friends, listen, I love to study these things. I love to think about about these things, but ultimately I'm glad that I have a place and a home in heaven because I have surrendered all, made myself a living sacrifice. Listen, and he saved me by his grace. Now listen, I, I tell you, I, pre, uh, I got through the same place I got through last week. I'm going to go about 10 more minutes. Maybe we can get a few more verses anyway. It says, for I say through the grace given unto me that 
out to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Amen. Every man has been appointed and dealt. You have been given a measure of faith. Amen. When you enact on that measure of faith, when conviction comes to a finite, when you hear the preaching of the gospel, conviction reaches its full state, and you understand that you need the Lord Jesus Christ, God has provided you. He has, he has given you a measure of faith whereby you can believe to be saved. You are not incapacitated. You are not incapable. Friends, listen to me. You are, you are not guilty of Adam's sin. You are guilty of your sin. And because you are guilty of your sin, you have the ability to confess your sin. I don't have the ability to confess Adam's sin. I don't have the ability to seek forgiveness for Adam's transgression. Therefore, I am not held culpable for what Adam has done, but I am held culpable for what I have done. But the Bible tells me not only am I held culpable for what I have done, but God has given me a measure of faith whereby I can enact and believe by and believe by faith and receive God's grace. Amen. He has paid for all things. There is nothing that we have to do. For instance, we just need to surrender all things to him. Listen, I'm going to move on with this. I'm going to at least get the next four verses done and I'll be done. It says, uh, uh, verse number four, for as we have many members in one body <clears throat> and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ uh, and every one members one of another. Boy, I tell you, what a, what a passage of the word of God for us to read in these times that we're going through right now. Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. Hey, listen, that we ought not think more highly of ourselves. Listen, the Bible tells us, listen, a haughty spirit goeth before the fall. The Bible tells us in another place, the scripture said, to him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Friends, listen, we have, uh, we have marched ourselves into a state, a political and economic state, across our nation a nation and country. Uh, friends, listen, when it's no longer about the cross of Christ, it's no longer about the gospel, it's no longer about seeing success in the church house. Friends, listen to me. We're, we're arguing and we're bickering about everything left and right. Listen, preachers is eating one another faster than we can get up and say amen. Uh, friends, listen, I, I'm going to tell you something. Listen, we argue about the carpet. We argue about going into church. We argue about meeting in the church parking lot. We argue about everything under the sun. And I'm not saying that you do, and I thank God that we haven't at Timber Ridge. Amen? Um, but listen, we get into spits and spats and arguments about color, uh, the color of the carpet and everything else. For instance, we need to have our hearts and our minds set toward heaven. Uh, friends, listen, and seeking and saving those which are lost. That is the will of God. Amen? <clears throat> For as we have many members in one body, many parts, we, there's many different faculties about us. All, all and all members have not the same office. So friends, listen to me. I, I just want to say this, friends, listen. God hadn't called us all to be preachers or teachers or deacons or Sunday school teachers. But friends, listen to me. Uh, you mean, does that mean I just sit on the pew and pray? Uh, 
Well, listen, I'm tell you something, Francis. That's one thing that has been so drastically miscommunicated in this present day and time, Francis. And me, prayer is the most powerful and precious thing that a Christian harnesses. Francis and me, you can you can open the heavens above. You can reach the God of this universe. Uh, friends, listen to me. Uh, prayer. Uh, listen, we reach a point today. We say, well, we've done everything that we know to do. The only thing left to do is pray. Oh, friends, today, if we would start with prayer, if we would, uh, listen, if we would uh, get, uh, when we get winded and when we get tired, if we would pray, and when we get down to the finish line, if we would would pray and we would seek God's face. Friends, listen for you. I'm going to tell you something. We have authority. We have power. We have God's grace. We have God's mercy, but it so often goes in a lifetime untapped and unused because we think things are too little, too minuscule for God. But friends, the Bible is encouraging and telling us that we should seek God on these things. Pray. Preacher, all I can do is pray. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. If you pray for me, that's the best thing you can do for me. Amen. It's the best thing you can give me. Thank God that we can pray. Thank God that we can seek God's face. Amen. Hey, I'm glad that we have that promise and that hope. And all members have not the same office. So, friends, listen, we're not going to all serve the same. We're not all going to do the same things in the house of God, and that's okay. That's the way God has made us. Friends, and that's why there is a multitude of preachers all across this land and country. You know why? Because I can't reach them all. Because uh, there'll be some that you can't reach that I, I, I will never have the opportunity to reach. Maybe it's my personality. Maybe uh, they just don't want to... Uh, Maybe they just don't want to interact with me, but I'm glad that God has raised up a man somewhere, some fashion, some form. And friends, listen, this is what I'm seeking and this is what I'm praying for personally. Uh, in today's time, I am praying that our younger preachers would be empowered, uh, listen, with the Holy Spirit of God. And listen, it's time to rise up. Friends, I know it may be scary, but listen, Hey, I tell you what, it's time to rise up, take hold of the plow. Don't look back. Hey, man, go all the way with Elijah. That's what Elisha did. He went all the way. He pursued him to the end, and he said, God, pour on me a double portion. And listen, I'm going to tell you, I preached this a few Sundays ago. There's a lot of mantles laying by the seashore today that there are some folks that need to walk by, kick the sand off of them, and take them up and get to work. Friends, hey, this world needs Jesus worse today than it ever has. Boy, friends, today, listen, we need to be empowered. We need to be encouraged. Friends, we need to go forth. Verse 5, listen, I'm going to get this. I promise I'm going to get through eight verses. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. Amen. Hey, we are not superior to one another. You are not superior to I, nor am I superior to you, but we are built to serve the king. Amen. Uh, friends, listen. Now, in verse number six, the Bible tells us, having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith. Amen. You know what he's telling us right there? When I have called you, I have called you with a calling that is without repentance. 
Not only is a calling without repentance, I have empowered you. I have embodied you with the Holy Spirit of God. If you will pursue righteousness, if you will pursue the doctrine. Friends, listen, there's a lot of people saying, I'm going to tell you something. When I started out doing this 20-something years ago, I didn't understand this either. I didn't know what doctrines and theologies, and I didn't know where I fell and what I believed and what I did and what I didn't do. Amen? But friends, listen, but I'm glad through the persistency of prayer, through the persistency of study. Should we study these things? Yes, you should study these things. Well, you may say, well, preacher, I don't want to know these things because I just want to get confused. Friends, listen to me. If you never go deeper into the water, friends, you'll never be able to press out and live and find out why. I tell you, the more I study about God, the more I study about his immutability. I, listen, he is an unchangeable God. I'm, I'm, the more, more I study about his omniscience and his omnipotence, I, friends, listen, the more his glory and his beauty begins to shine. And friends, the more I want to seek of him. So friends, listen, uh, Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith, uh, uh, of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Friends, listen. This is the practical Application. Now, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, there's a lot of people. They have a lot of different theological positions and stances. It's a, and those are good. Those are good things to have. Good things to possess. I'm an advocate of them. I believe that you ought to know what you know. I believe that you ought to believe what you believe. I believe that you ought to know why you believe what you believe. Amen. I, I'm going to say that explicitly and clearly. Friends, listen, we need to study the Word of God. Why should we study the Word of God? Because the Word of God said to. Amen? Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Amen? We should consume. We should consume in copious amounts the Word of God, trying to seek His face. Friends, listen. But I'm going to say something. Listen. I, I, I believe that we ought to have theologies. I believe that we ought to have doctrinal stances. I believe that they're good. I believe that that's what keeps order and peace in God's house. And I believe that we ought to have those things. I believe that we're, or, or, uh, we should abide by those things. But I'm going to tell you something. If your, theolo- if your theology and your doctrine is not practical, then it's not biblical. Amen? So what do I mean by that? So friends, listen to me. Uh, if, if if what you say you believe does not line up with the God, with the Word of God, and you cannot practically execute it in reality, then it's just theological garbage, and you need to throw it away and go back to the Word of God, read the Word of God, try and pray and seek God that He would give you uh, uh, listen understanding and rightly divide the Word of God. I have made a mess of a lot of things over the years. And I tell you, I said this the other day. I, I prayed this a lot. Uh, anywhere I, any pil- or any pulpit I've ever stood anything that said something awry or amiss, I hope the Holy Spirit fixed it, or God would give me an opportunity to go back and make it right. Amen. I, listen, I don't want to do anything to defame or defile the house of God, the Word of God, the man of God, and the place of God. I want to do all things. Uh, to the best of my ability. And friends, listen, that's where I've come to in this life. Listen, and this is a, this is a position and a posture that I hope that ultimately that you can achieve. <clears throat> I hope you can get to a position in your life when you say, I'm willing to walk away from all things 
that this might be true. Amen. I want this to be true. I want this to be true over uh, doctrines and, and, and theologies and church affiliations. I want to the word of God to trump it all. God bless you. I love you tonight. Uh, I didn't get as much done as I wanted to get done, but I'm not going to apologize for anything, but I sure did enjoy it. Amen. You may not have, uh, but I did, and I thank God for showing up tonight. Appreciate his word. We'll get through. We're going to finish chapter 12 next week, I promise. You You hide and watch. 9 through 21, we'll be done. Amen. But let's, uh, let's pray for our sister churches in revival. Uh, let's pray for all the lost souls, that they would reach a point of and place of surrender, that they could be saved. I've heard a lot of good reports lately, and I thank God for those good reports. And uh, we're looking uh, and, and encouraged to hear uh, more uh, as they come down our way. So let's pray for our preacher brethren, pray for the sick, the afflicted, all those nursing homes, hospitals, those having surgeries. Uh, God knows everything that needs to be done, and we want God's will to be done in every single circumstance. Remember, I'll say this in closing, our summer revival will be the fourth Sunday in July. Brother Cody Riley and Brother Chad Day will be helping us. You pray for those services as they're coming up. We're looking forward to those. And we want God to show up in a great, powerful, and mighty way, and I know that he will. Uh, but God bless you. We love you. We appreciate you, and good Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday morning.